everyone, welcome back to Blurred Box. I'm Chloe. I'm Sophie. And I'm Andrew. And Pooja's missing today because she has something she's committed to, but the show goes on. <laughs> Andrew's brought a special friend this week to talk about a topic he's been very excited for, and it's actually a topic we've gone into before. If you have been avid listeners of your favorite podcast, you would have known that in season one, we did an episode on toxic masculinity with one of our OHS students, Andras, and we had a really lengthy and more, I guess, educational-based discussion on that topic. So today we might have, you know, just a bit more of a discussion-based uh, kind of thing and doing more talking about it. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't really have too much of a formal introduction for you, Sam, but I'll say that you are a fellow Trinity High School brick-and-mortar man like myself, so it's good to have some more representation. Um, and um, for all of our listeners, Sam and I met, I guess sort of doing student government together, freshman, sophomore year, hanging out. Um, Sam, super cool dude, pretty politically outspoken. Um, definitely someone who I talk to about that stuff at school, because most of my friends are not, to say the least. Um, and cool dude, we have a couple of classes together. I know Sam right now is working on a mayoral campaign, which is pretty cool. Um, though I don't know if that'll be today's topic. But I guess I would say, Sam, feel free to introduce yourself and then we'll sort of get into it a little bit. Hi, I'm Sam. As, uh, as Chloe said, I'm Andrew's special friend. Um, <laughs> I'm working on a mayoral campaign right now. Yeah, that's actually a good intro for me. Uh, Diane Morales for New York City Mayor. Um, that's my big thing right now. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, um, cool, cool. We're very excited to have you, Sam. Um, and so yeah, today's topic is toxic masculinity. And I know that's a sort of big topic and a really big term and a loaded term and one we sort of just bandy about a lot. Um, and I have thoughts, but I'll start with you, I guess, Sam, which is what do you think, like, what is it really, what does toxic masculinity really mean? Like, what really is toxic masculinity? And obviously, you don't need an official definition, but just sort of like, what do you think about when you hear toxic masculinity? Toxic masculinity is the compulsion for some men to fit themselves into a specific definition of what it means to be a man, as well as like try to force other men into that definition. Um, and it gets toxic when it's like a man is unable to express himself. Um, or I guess be his true self or show emotion, stuff like that. Like, you know, the traditional masculine roles, um, some of them being very negative. And then also when it gets to a point where it's like, it's such a complex with some people that they take it out on women, they take it out on other men, they take it out on gay men, all that stuff. This is a topic that Sam, we've sort of talked about a fair amount, I feel, throughout our high school time, if not in like an official setting, but I feel like it's come up a lot. And I know for me, um, sort of the place where I see toxic masculinity manifested the most seems to be usually with like athletes and team sports. Um, I know that comes up a lot and I was actually just, we had to write like an essay for school, a personal essay. Um, and I was sort of writing about how we see like toxic masculinity manifesting itself, especially in the lens of like homophobia as well. They sort of tie into each other in terms of the like that's so gay, you're so gay. If you really, I think, what I really feel it boils down to is like emotion sort of ends up being something that's excluded from like what it means to be masculine. And that's sort of something that 
tries to get cut out of the definition when we end up talking about masculinity, um, which I think is often a big problem um, because I know like for myself, at least I consider myself pretty emotional, um, sort of wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, and so, yeah, that's been something that I at least know I've dealt with and I know I've sort of talked through with you before. Sorry, just to quickly cut in, Andrew's favorite artist is Taylor Swift. Yes, I was gonna Yay. add into that. I wanted to like no add judgment. in this story, but like Sam's absolutely right, right? So Andrew's like a huge, like what does he call it? Swifty fan or whatever he's called, <laughs> right? Yeah, so with that in mind, right? Going back to summer, we were in camp and obviously this is all online and he tells me hey Chloe like you know what happened over you know the last day I decided to you know message almost everybody in our group and go you know what are your thoughts on Taylor Swift I love her like she's amazing like god tier and then he goes like one guy says to him like shut up man and then another one gives him not such a nice response and then I'm over here like you know that's great so you know keep talking um we're in class, so maybe not talk about this now. And then another guy tells him, um, you know, like, what, what's wrong with you? You're so gay. And like, to me, that was like, you know, um, unaccounted for. But then also, I guess that's like an example of like, what, what, what happens, I guess, with that particular topic. I don't know, what are your thoughts, or, or Andrew, you know, since he said it to you, what, are, what did you respond? Or what did you think about that? Yeah. Um... I, I mean, for me, this is going to sound pretty bad, but, like, I've been playing basketball and a lot of team sports my whole life. Um, and, like, it's something that, like, I sort of, you hear all the time, like, I don't want to say daily, but, like, pretty much daily. Like, yo, you're so gay. Like, you see what happened now, so gay. Like, just really casual and, like, with that, like, sort of subtle negative connotation, I feel. It's jarring. It's shocking. Like, every single day of, like, you're so gay. And so it's gotten to the point where like, I more or less try to like block it out and I'm like, it doesn't even really register so much anymore. I'm sort of like, this is sort of the expected. Like, really? like if I listen to Taylor Swift without headphones in, just like walking, like, like if I were playing, if I were with the basketball team and played Taylor Swift for the people, like that would be the reaction. Not only like, I wouldn't be surprised, I would expect it. Like I would be surprised if that wasn't the reaction. I'm glad you're sharing your story and I, I can understand where like how this is bad but I feel like it's also ingrained in society like when I heard that you like Taylor Swift my initial reaction was like oh wow that's kind of unexpected I didn't judge but I was just like that's not something I was familiar with and I guess that ties into all these stereotypes that are faced against both women and men and they're just not talked about so I guess to throw out a question of sorts. I'm very interested to gain more perspective from your stories. So is there any more instances that you're comfortable talking about in terms of where you experience toxic masculinity? Um, I guess, I mean, I'm sort of an open book, but I don't think this is something a lot of people have heard about me. But when I was a freshman on the JV basketball team, um, there was this kid a year older than me and we never got along. Like we were not friends, not really like acquaintances even. Um, and I'd always sort of fought a little bit, but it was fine. And one day I walked into the locker room before practice 
and I think I was probably like singing or humming along to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, and um, I didn't think anyone else was there. I was pretty early. And this kid, um, I'm like coming along. He's like, you're so gay. I'm like, okay, like expected, classic, not surprising. But then it's sort of normally that's enough. Um, but that day it didn't really stop. He was like, you're so gay, you're so gay like repeating it, adding other stuff. Um, and I was sort of trying to ignore him because that's what I've been taught. Like if someone's bullying or whatever, being disrespectful or hurting you, like you sort of ignore it and hope that it stops. And it didn't. And so I started to change because, you know, like changing before practice, putting on my gym clothes, it's a brick and mortar thing. Um, and the online and, kids would never understand. Exactly. Um, and so I take off my shirt and this kid sort of grabs me, like grabs my chest while I was changing. And he's like, you're so gay. Like, I bet you like this. Um, and that's not an okay thing to do. And so I sort of by instinct, and I'm a pacifist, like I don't fight for reference. Um, and this kid, I took a swing at him. Cause I was like, I'm pissed. Like you don't like touch me while I'm changing. That's fucked up. Um, I missed because I don't fight again, but I was so pissed. I like swung again because he's like calling me names and like saying bad shit. Um, and I hit him the second time um, and knocked his glasses off. And this kid, he charges, he like grabs me by the neck um, and sort of throws me up against the lockers. And he, yeah, he's like calling me a lot of not nice names that I don't, like words that I don't necessarily say, um, but like really foul shit. And he's holding off. I like him, like sort of like starting to struggle to breathe, just like you know, getting choked against the locker. Um, and I'm like flailing, and he's sort of holding there and calling me shit. I'm like, let me go, let me go, let me go. And he's like, you're so gay, whatever, whatever. And finally, like this other kid walked into the locker and he like let me go. And that was sort of the end of that. And like never addressed it with him, never addressed it with anyone because it's something that you don't want to speak out against that. That's so common. That's so prevalent. And obviously this is sort of the most extreme example for me, but like, it's a serious thing. And like, even for me, like as someone where like, I think like, why does like whatever the music that I'm singing along to matter for my masculinity, for like what my gender is, or like in this case where he's like making it to like, you're so gay. Like, what does that have to do with anything? And it was sort of toxic and like, I mean, that's not, I don't want to sound like cliche, but like, yeah, it's like pretty intense and like pretty, like that definitely sticks with me. I'm like, okay, like I'm not going to want to change around this guy. And like, he's not like someone I want to be like a part of a team, part of a culture with. Um, and so it's really like pretty extreme, pretty prevalent, even for high schoolers for whatever. Yeah, wow. I, I just have like no words to that because first of all, I'm sorry you have to go through that, Andrew. That sounds awful. And like jokes aside of, you know, how online schoolers would never get it. Like we really would never get that experience. And like as a girl as well, I guess we wouldn't understand that either. So hence why we're here. But yeah, that that's seriously, that's something that and it's serious and you know, it's not okay. So that's, I guess, what we're here for to, to discuss that. I mean, also important to your knowledge, that was, like, assault, and it's really, really sorry that happened to you. Like, I, I like, smiled at first because I was so shocked because I could never imagine something like that happening at Trinity, but, like, that's not just, like, physical assault, sexual assault, too. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I, 
I know who he was. Um, and and that same person has both like said homophobic things to me and also made passes at me. Um, I, I yeah, again, I said like I expected to get to this eventually, but like the majority of like really, really, really toxic homophobia, like the kind of homophobia that surprises you, like it kind of comes out of nowhere, kind of homophobia that's not socially acceptable is coming from people who are queer and in the closet 99% of the time, which is something I've discovered going through high school. Like it's the people who are the most insecure with their masculinity um, and being queer is a, it leads to a lot of insecurity for a lot of men. Uh, it's the people that are most insecure with their masculinity that will take it to the biggest extremes when it comes to being, you know, toxic about their masculinity, toxic about other people's masculinity. It's a lot of like one trying to prove you fit in, right? Trying to prove you one of the guys it's also about, you know, how dare this person express themselves when I've been trying for so long and so hard to suppress who I am. Um, I read a book over the summer called How to Think, and it had this description of something called, the, you know, the inner circle and the outer circle of social groups. Um, the people on the inner circle are the ones who make the rules, they kind of control the social groups, they're confident in their, um, you know, position, right? And then the people on the outer circle are the people who want to be part of the group, who consider themselves part of the group, but aren't secure in their position of actually being part of that group. And those people in the outer circle will go to the most extremes of the inner group to prove they belong. And that's what I think a lot of homophobia is, kind of the people who feel like they're on the outer circle because they're queer or because of any other kind of insecurity. So they go to the biggest extreme to try to prove that they fit in. Um, and I think it's kind of the classic like story of bullies, right? Like people bully other people because they are insecure. Mm, yeah. Um, but it's so true. I mean, that's been like, like as a, like Andrew has faced his own share of this, but like I'm actually gay and like I faced a significant amount of this too. It's what I've realized is a lot of people who are willing to be explicitly homophobic. Um, and I've been lucky that I'm like, I haven't taken that shit. You know what I mean? Like I, people will not be homophobic towards me. I have queer friends where that's the case with them, but like people aren't generally explicitly homophobic towards me, but the people who are known for their homophobia at my school, a lot of times like behind closed doors will, moves right like they it, it's so it's a lot of that wrapped up wow that's crazy i mean i i just have no words because for us or, i mean sophie in our school right it's just such a bubble right compared to that other side of of things i i can't even begin to comprehend how how it's, i can see that happening for us like you're sheltered in a way by being online like if someone's really harassing you i feel like you always have the option to like block them or like yeah hide their conversations or something like that but i never really experienced that myself so i'm i'm glad you guys shared your stories so we can all gain a little bit of perspective because like i said this is definitely something that's not talked about and it should be talked about because by constantly suppressing everyone's voices and their, um, I don't know, orientations or whatever it may be. Um, I just, I feel like we're just having a domino effect and it's just spiraling into just a lot of hate. And, it is, uh, yeah, it is. <sighs> I wanted to like ask as well, you know, for you guys who, both Sam and Andrew, both of you, when you encounter this on like, it seems like, and you imply it, it's, and it's a daily, not a daily, but it's a frequent and it's not an occasional thing. It's like an often kind of basis. How do you deal with it? What, what do you do about it? Do you, do you act, are you able to do anything about it? Is that, is it the kind of circumstance where you're able to, you know, stand up for yourself like Andrew did, which, you know, is, 
is great, obviously not in the best circumstances. He tried to at least, but what I guess my overall question is kind of like, how do you deal with it? I mean, I can go first with that one too. Um, and just for some like background on me, um, I came out when I was in like seventh grade at the most like progressive school in New York City. Like everybody was queer, like it was not a weird thing. So I came into high school being very, very confident in my sexuality, which was so out of the mind for my high school. But um, something that definitely helped me with is like standing up against this kind of thing. So for me, it's not like there, there's no world in which I can like ignore it or push it under the rug or not be myself. Um, because I, I, you know, I know who I am, I'm confident in who I am. So whenever I'm faced with that kind of thing, I always, 100% of the time, like call it out, I stand up against it. I think people learn pretty quickly to not hold that around me. Um, I'm also, I'll say this, like, there's a certain degree of like, you know, I don't want to say privilege, but like in the fact that I have a lot of female friends, like especially because I'm queer, like I have a lot of female friends, and there's none of that with them. So I can remove myself from those uh, social groups. It's not always like on purpose, right? Like at my old school, I had a lot of male friends. At my new school, that's not really the case at Trinity because a lot of people don't want to associate with the queer group. Um, but, you know, I, I ended up outside of male social groups. Um, so it's like, I, I don't often hear that kind of thing. Um, but I will say that like, you know, through my years of high school, I've done a lot of like working with people to help them come to a better place um with their you know internalized homophobia with toxic masculinity um because often like people don't need to change they don't need you to like yell at them or get mad at them they need you to be like i understand exactly where you're coming from like i i, I see what's going on with you like let me help you like i want to be a helpful person here like, let me educate you it's like that kind of thing because people get defensive when you go into attack it needs to be a much more gentle like um you know let me help I'm sort of of a similar mind where I'm very confident also in sort of who I am. Um, and like, I'm, yeah, like I sort of express myself and I am who I am, but I'm sort of very different than Sam in the sense of like, you sort of, and I've seen this too, like confront people and don't let any shit slide, any stuff slide. Um, I'm more the opposite where I'm like, okay, like I'm confident in who I am. Like, why do I care what you think? Um, like, I know, like, that has many of its flaws of, like, you shouldn't just, like, let people be toxic and, like, say bad shit. But, like, honestly, it's, like, I don't have the emotional capacity or the whatever it takes to, like, deal with that every day. Like, I just don't. And so I'm, like, okay, like, if they want to be bad people, like, I don't have the stamina to stop them. But I will also say... I think I sort of end up in a pretty similar place to Sam where like, yeah, like my main friends are guys, but they're definitely not what I would say, like are the popular kids or the cool kids. Though if you're listening, I love you all very much. Um, but no, definitely not the cool kids. Um, we're a pretty like nerdy, um, academic-y bunch, but also in the same way too. I'd say I don't necessarily just think of myself like within that group. Like I sort of, friends with like the people I like and also friends with a lot of girls too because you definitely find less of that among girls like a lot of my closest friends are girls because like you never hear the like that's so gay or you're so gay or like why would you feel like emotions which like that's so absurd why would you feel emotions like what but that's something you hear of like Andrew 
why are you like so sad? And I'm like, because like I have feelings. Um, but it's something you really like hear and deal with. And so, yeah, for me, like, I've always sort of thought like, you know, girls are like always a little bit better with the whole like emotional capacity and like being able to show emotions. And so, yeah, I've always sort of had a lot of friends who are girls too, because yeah, groups of large boys tend to turn into toxicity, I feel. Um, I hate to sort of keep going, um, but there's definitely something that we've been going on about um, and sort of saying, but I feel like haven't really explicitly discussed which is I know we've sort of, at least Sam and I, when we're talking, have sort of just been saying like toxic masculinity and homophobia and like they're very related. Um, and so I imagine, Sam, you can probably speak more eloquently about this, um, but I was just sort of wondering what you think, because I think that's a really important part of talking about toxic masculinity is it's not just like, oh, it's bad for boys or like, oh, it's bad for like masculinity's sake it's bad because it ties into all this other stuff of like, like you were saying at the very start, Sam, like it ties into like sexism and misogyny. It ties into homophobia, it ties into all of this. So I was wondering if you have any thoughts on that front. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say like, as I've gone through high school and you were saying this, like, you know, you you've selected who you want to be friends with in terms of the boys. Margaret. Like I've made more male friends as I've gone through high school. Um, and I think a big factor in that is like the fact that, you know, kids in our grade are starting to like, you know, as they grow older, they get more mature, they get more educated. Um, they move away from like homophobia. I think also our school has changed while we're here to be a less homophobic place. And I'm able to make more male friends, which is why it surprises me that, you know, you say like, even now in male dominated spaces, there's still homophobia. I think there's definitely something to be said for like, when a group of guys gets together, it gets worse versus like individuals, they're fine on an individual level. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously homophobia and, um, toxic masculinity are completely tied together. Um, like, I mean, that's what internalized homophobia is, right? It's like hating yourself for the fact that you're not straight enough or you don't fit in enough. I mean, not, not necessarily, but like, do you guys know, like, <laughs> it's funny to bring this up at like a podcast, but like, do you know mask for mask gays are? Do I, I don't think so. I mean, at, at least it's unknown to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like masculine gay dudes who only ever like get with other masculine gay dudes. Who want to like be gym buddies and like maybe like, you know, whatever on the side. Like it's like that kind of thing um, where it's like the queer part is secondary and like you kind of can just, I mean, it's not necessarily always that I don't want to like, uh, you know, be mean to all the masculine masks out there who are listening to this podcast, but um, like it's it's definitely for a lot of them. It's just like I don't want to be with someone who's super feminine. I don't want to be with someone who's super queer because that makes me less comfortable in myself. And like if I can be with someone who's masculine, I can just like you know ignore <laughs> my sexuality, which is the root of a lot of my insecurities. But like, yeah, I think a lot of toxic masculinity comes out of a place of like queer phobia and I think like it's so 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 hard to get guys to like you know show their emotional side you know be more complex human beings right like escape the confines of like the box that is like the one definition of masculinity because anytime they do and often when they do they're called gay or they're called queer especially by queer guys who are trying their best to fit inside that box um yeah I mean that's what I have to say on that 
yeah. I think that ties into like how like I think you said it as well in the beginning and Andrew brought it up again sexism and I guess toxic masculinity how that affects women's rights as well that's something I'm a little bit more familiar with myself um I just feel like you're just internalizing like they everyone's internalizing their um, insecurities their emotions because and they're suppressing it because of all these stereotypes that are portrayed in our society and I don't know I feel like that's why they feel like they have to be better than women because that's what everyone tells them that they have to be they have to be the man um they have to be stronger they have to be more hard in terms of like emotions and then I guess when they see perhaps a woman becoming more equal then it's just they lash out and it's an emotional reaction and I I can understand like if you are in a lot of emotional pain but you just can't let it out it's you just try to find some outlet to do that so it's, it's interesting to think about how everything's just so interconnected and the root of the problem is just ignoring it so yeah yeah i want to i like wonder as well is it part of uh, uh, you know also just to give context to what i'm trying to say a lot of it is influence, right? When we talk about friend friend groups and everything that you hang out with, the, the environments that you're in, that those are kind of what influence how you come out as an outcome. Is it that upbringing and family as well, like how your parents deal with it, um, give, you know, an effect to that? Like for, I guess, both of you, Andrew and Sam, do you feel like the the family background also is something that factors in for if not you, for other people? Um, yeah, I would say for me, I don't think my family really has had too much to do with, like, the way I behave. Like, I know that, like, I, like, both of my brothers and myself, like, we're all straight, so, like, we've never really had to, like, sort of have that conversation of, like, I'm sure my parents would be very supportive and like if any of us had come out or like if any of us sort of had like to deal with this identity but it's also something that I know I don't really like I don't talk about this with my family that much um like I don't know it's just sort of I don't know I'm also sort of a private person when it comes to like my relationship with my parents um like there's a lot of stuff that happens in school where I'm like that's my stuff like I don't need to share with you so I don't think like my parents really had a big role and like my parents also like they definitely set like a tone of like gender equality like treat women right and like men have emotion too like my yeah like my parents very much treat each other as equals which is good um and like makes me happy to see um and so I, like, yeah, I think my parents have been really good about that. But then, yeah, my friends, again, like, I'm not going to call out my friends because, like, they are my friends in spite of their flaws. Um, but, like, some of them have shown a disappointing lack of respect for, like, girls in my class. And I'm, like, not in, like, a sexual assault way or, like, that type of way, but more of, like, a lack of respect for intelligence. And I'm, like, come on. Like, we should be better than this. We should be past this at this point. I, I, I agree. I think there's a huge influence 
on kids by how they're raised. Um, if you're raised in a household with very constrictive definitions of what it means to be a man, then you'll be frustrated when you see other people not doing that because you spent so much time training yourself to be that person. Um, I grew up in a household with two parents who were incredibly, like my mom, like, like not just with, with masculinity, but also with queer stuff. And again, they tie into each other. Um, I, my brother and I were always told we could be whoever we want to be. We could express ourselves however we want to. We can feel the full range of our emotions. My mom is a judge, like not at all, you know, sticking to traditional gender roles. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like I was shown, you know, that there are multiple models for what a woman can be. And my grandmother was stay at home and also, you know, a powerful woman, right? Like I, I, I saw those different perspectives um, and, and like definitely my brother did too. And so for me with my brother, like we've always been expressive, emotive people. Um, we've like, again, went to an incredibly progressive school where like we were allowed to be whoever we wanted to be. Um, and I think we both went into our, you know, respective high schools with that kind of unique perspective. My brother as a straight person, me as a gay person, both of us, um, I think kind of understanding and empathetic to the female experience um, because we have the privilege of being raised like that. Um, going off of Sophie's point, um, like about, you know, men being misogynistic, um, I think because of feminism, like what it means to be a woman has expanded in terms of a definition because women have traditionally held a spot that is subordinate. Um, and it's still harder to be a woman in this world than a man. I don't think anybody would deny that. Um, but I think as the definition expanded, it meant that like women could be more different things. Whereas for men, it's always been the one thing because why would you ever want to like expand from the definition of like dominant on top, you know, businessman. But then again, with that comes all the negative stuff. So you're kind of stuck in this one box. And I think for a lot of men, they see this like, you know, I'm this one thing and then women are getting to be all of these different things and it makes them angry. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, misogyny comes out of. Now you pull a really good point out of that. I think it's, it's, um, that's the most precise way to put it actually, because in our last discussion, we don't go into this. We were a majority of three girls talking with one guy with his experience. So obviously we didn't get the full range of being able to understand that, but I think it's really valuable. And I think Sam, you have a really good insight into that. What I would say is shocking is like, and Sam, I would imagine is probably a little surprised as well. This is not an issue that I really talked about. Um, ever in school um like i always sam i feel is always questioned a little bit um how sensitive i really am to like how severe this issue is but like i don't talk about my experiences like dealing with like essentially yeah like aggression assault bullying in the locker room because i'm like i don't want to be that guy like i don't want to fight that so like it really is I, that would just be the main thing i emphasize it's like it's cripplingly like oppressive and like, you need to like it's something that really forces silence and it's something that i've struggled with um and so like talking about this is something that is pretty uncommon for me but definitely valuable and something that i've been hoping to try to move towards and like that's why i agreed initially to like be on this podcast like i've always sort of been like i'm not going to talk about like social justice issues or i'm not going to talk about politics because like that's not what I want my identity to do but like it's important it matters like it's part of who I am and, like to just neglect that because it's not cool or because like other people are mean about it like that's stupid um and so I just said that's my main takeaway yeah and I I, I like build off of that by saying like as a queer person like it has 
obviously comes with all the challenges we've talked about, but like it's meant I don't have to like constrict myself to this one definition of who I can be. I'm already like, you know, outside of the box, so I can do theater and I can try art and I can do public speaking and I can, you know, wear different clothes and I can really be myself. Whereas for a straight man, if they're, you know, you know, they can't be like one foot in, one foot out sometimes. Like it, it's, it's much easier to like find yourself defaulting. And I think for a lot of reasons that like, like, I mean, I, I think it's also harder for like straight men sometimes to like get out of the comfort zone to like start a club, like get involved in other ways because, you know, it's like, I gotta do sports and then like maybe debate and other things are a little bit iffy. And I think that like gets in the way of their futures and their, you know, emotional development. And just smiling. I feel like is that because you you run like everything, don't you? I heard you you told me like I do stand up comedy club and I do like everything else. Yeah, I sort of I get around. I do stuff, but also I'd say the other thing that's like shockingly male dominated, like super toxic, is like Sam. We're in the same econ class, and it's fifteen boys and no girls. Like the and it's that class is like kind of toxic, like. The way Sam put it that I think is so eloquent one time, um, I hope you don't mind I quote you here, it's like there are kids in this class who like, talk with the arrogance that sounds like they own the stock market. Not like they own the stocks, they own the whole thing. It's just like that arrogance, that confidence, like, when it's like all boys, like it just builds into like itself. And yeah, so like there are things where it's like boys are like, I have to do this. And like, I have to act like it's my thing and I know it. And also our teacher is a woman and I watch kids argue with her over like what the right answer is or something. I'm like, stop, stop. Like she, this is her job. She's teaching you. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't have as much to say, but um, I just wanted to thank you guys both for feeling um, comfortable enough to share your story because you truly are role models for those who feel oppressed or feel like they're trapped and can't speak out or can't be who they are. So um, just thank you so much for everything. Yeah, seriously. I mean, not to diss other guests because they're seriously remarkable. And like Andrew said in the beginning to preface, we've had some impressive people on here, but mm -hmm. Sam and Andrew, both of you for sharing your stories and for you know being open about it, that makes so much bigger of a difference and an impact on people and listening to it. And, you know, keep being a human with, with opinions and experiences that's so much more valuable than what you put on a resume, to be honest. So thank you. And I, I give, I tip my hat off to both of you. Same. I don't have a hat, but I tip it. <laughs> I tip my hat to all three of you for having me here, even with no, like, impressive, like, recruit to Stanford for anything. But... <laughs> Yeah, no, don't worry about it. We loved having you. This was a really great discussion, which is probably why we've got over time. So oh, wow. with that, you know, thank you again to Sam for coming on, um, Andrew for sharing. Thank you guys for listening to Blurred Box with Andrew, Chloe, uh, not Pooja today, but Sam and Sophie. If you like our show and want to know more, please check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Be sure to join us in two weeks for another episode of Bird Box as we'll be releasing every other Sunday. We would love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and questions, which you can email at birdbox88 at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at birdbox for the latest updates. And with that, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.